Oh, we are back. We're back for episode seven. I can't believe it. Um, if you've been listening to the show since the beginning, you know, I have this, me and Sheena, we spoke about the uh, the three episode curse that most people don't make it past. So I'm happy to say, you know, it's happened. I made it to episode seven and it definitely feels good. And I think we have a really good show for you um, coming up. So let me start off by saying welcome back to the uh, to open mic. With the MVP Marco, obviously I'm MVP Marco, um, and always, you know, the show is brought to you by the Pod Foundation, and uh, I mean, I, I don't have to say it, but I will, you know, Pod Foundation is the greatest collection of wrestling minds or just minds in general since Eric Bischoff and the NWO. That's what I like to say. They're the ones that changed wrestling um, to what it is now, and that's what we're doing with uh, podcasting and all the content that's being pushed out. So, what's the Pod Foundation? You ask. It is coming down the aisle with J-Bone. It is the Extra Cooler Show with Extra Cooler. It is obviously, of course, the Chick Foley Show. And then it's also these guys who I have uh, actually on my show today. So, um, I, you know, if, if, if you're going to call uh, uh, Conrad, you know, he's the, uh, the pod father because he has a, like a million podcasts. I, I like to call these guys the, the pod stepfathers. Because uh, they're pretty close when it comes to the uh, to the to the content game, um, so I like to bring on as we call them the two bad chads of the Turnbuckle Tavern. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man! It's great to be here. It's uh, I know we had talked about this a while ago, so it's uh, it's good to finally be on, man. Yeah, man, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, love the show. You've had some great guests, so hopefully me and Sneed uh, follow in the footsteps of all the guests that have killed it thus far. Lucky number seven. I know, right? See, exactly. That's why I picked you guys for episode seven, because I feel like this is going to be a a, a very, very fun show, because like I said, you guys are, like I said, you're the pod stepfathers uh, (laughs) for for us, because you like, I mean, you hear it every week. If you listen to the Chick Foley show, we we call them the, you know, they're the workhorses of the, uh, the pod foundation with the amount of you know, shows that they pump out pretty much every week. I'm, I'm a part of one of the shows and now Seth and, you know, Jordan are, are, are is a part of a show. And, you know, like, I, I like to say that, I mean, I could probably speak for, you know, us at the Chick Foley show is that you kind you guys kind of motivated, I think us to put more content out there. So, you know, we were just a Chick Foley show. We were just, you know, just doing that one show. And obviously, you know, we, we're, we're starting to make it more, like I, I like to say, exclusive. So we do like exclusive shows. Uh, we're not doing it weekly. Um, but in, in the meantime, we, you know, we have our own shows now. We have the Pod Warriors with Seth and Jordan. And now I have this show, the Open Mic show. So we kind of, you know, fill that void. We were doing it every week. And I I, I mean, I I got motivated off of, off of you guys and just being around, um, you know, being around everyone involved with the Turnbuckle Tavern. And, um, you know, the amount of work that gets put into you know, everything, like all these shows. I mean, I, I know firsthand uh, it, it's, it's, it was motivational enough for me to go, you know what? I think I can, you know, do my own separate thing and uh, you know, look, look at look where we are now. I mean, I'm yeah, pretty man. Much on three shows. I'm like, I'm like the first like crossover uh, person for the, uh, for the pod foundation. <laughs> yeah, <much>. dude. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate that. I, I love that. Um, 
we inspired you guys to branch out. I mean, the way I kind of just stepping back, like we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it wasn't for all the kick-ass crew that come in and want to do shows with us and and the people that we've like befriended along the way if it was just me and sneed like it was in the beginning there's no fucking way (laughs) we could handle this shit but it 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 really we just wanted to kind of create a place where you could make some friends and try and do some cool shit together yeah we we don't have any there around here you chad and i live in the same town, but around here, we don't have any wrestling friends. It's just Mm -hmm. us. So, you know, creating this, you know, when we started, it was an outlet for just me and Chad, but upon meeting all the people that we've met, it was just, it just kind of fell into place perfectly to have a group of friends and a group of friends that wanted to create content as well. Yeah. I feel like the, the debate was really the, the yeah. thing that opened it up because we could have exactly. guests on and we started mm. meeting people. And then, you know, when Sheena reached out, cause we, we followed each other and I would tag Sheena in some of the stuff that we were posting early on just to kind of, you know, in the beginning, you're just trying to get people to see you're there, you know? Yep. And, uh, one day she sent us a message about the pod foundation stuff. And she wanted us to be kind of the AEW side of the pod foundation. Mm. And, I mean, speaking for me and Snead, I'm sure he feels the same way. Like, dude, that was extremely uh, big for us. Uh, that was a Huge. validating moment. Yeah. For us. Yeah. It felt really good to, to have somebody reach out because, you know, when we record, especially back then, it was it was kind of just we're talking into a microphone. I don't know if anybody's listening, you know? Yeah. And, and to have somebody reach out and want us to become a part of something bigger and something is as big as what the pod pod foundation is to us. It was, it definitely was a, it was a great feeling. Yeah. Cause I remember, I remember like those talks uh, with the pod foundation, like in the beginning stages of like what type of like, like content um, uh, they, they wanted to be a part of the, the, you know, the pod foundation. So like try to cover every aspect of, of wrestling. So obviously you have like, you know, we're not really, I want to say we're not really the WWE, like part of the, uh, like the pod foundation about we covered all wrestling. So like right. Chick-fil-A would be like the, like the buffet essentially like the figure talk, you know, and wrestling talk. And then like, you know, whatever, whatever comes to us essentially. And then, you know, uh, her having that long standing relationship with, um, with Nick um, extra cooler, um, you know, bringing the nostalgia, bringing the nostalgia part of it. Um, and then reaching out to you guys where you're going to cover like the, you know, the, like you said, the AEW, the indie stuff, um, NWA, um, and then with J Bone too, like J Bone was a great addition to it as well. Like he, I know he's he was super excited when uh you know being being a part of the the Pod Foundation, and uh you know what he brings to it, man. He's like a one man show, and that he, yeah. he like I don't want to I wouldn't tell him now, but he's probably gonna hear it. But he was kind of like a motivation too because he's I'm, I'm doing the show literally by myself. It's not I don't have Sheena, Seth, or Jordan. It's literally Dude, it's one of the so- hardest jobs to do it <laughs> yeah. by yourself. It's yeah. like you guys, you and J bone. I look at if you're a podcast listener, you know, comedians, you guys are like the bill burrs because bill burr has his Monday morning yeah. podcast where it's just him ranting for yeah. an hour at you. And, and to be able to like, to show up every week and just give your thoughts at, 
that that's that's tough, man. I, I, I all the respect to J Bone for being so consistent yeah. and you tackling it with one open mic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it it, it, it like the uh, the way he the way he does it too is like you know he he records like right after we do raw down. That's the other thing too. Like we'll record you know the show and then he'll hop on and he'll have to do some more stuff for his show. So like he's doing double duty and I I mean. I know firsthand how it is to do like to pull like a, a double show. I think I did. I think I did that a few times before I was on one show earlier in the night and then later in the night I was on another one. So it is, it is definitely hard. And like I said, it, I, I was more motivated by the fact that like the amount of work that gets put into um, all these types of all the different shows and we'll definitely get to like, we'll definitely get to that and like the inception of, uh, of yeah. all these shows that you guys created. But like, I want to, I want to take it back to like, I, I've, I personally, want to hear like the story of how you both like actually came up with, how did you guys meet? How'd you come up with the idea of Turnbuckle Tavern? Where does that name come from? Um, so take us, take us through a stroll through memory lane on the beginnings of Turnbuckle well, Tavern. Man. Well, uh, first meeting Sneed, where was it? Mr. Miller's homeroom class, seventh grade. Yeah. <laughs> like if we're, if we're taking it back, we're going to take it way back. Well, let's do it. Because it's been, it's been, I mean, almost almost 30 years yeah i mean 25 between 25 and 30 years that we've that we've known each other and yeah uh it started in that homeroom class my last name sneed his last name (laughs) so we got you know right next to each other all the time (laughs) yeah and you know we we knew each other from from school and then we also had a mutual friend who was a wrestling fan in my cousin. Yep. And oh, okay. that was, we had a sleepover yep. and it was Chad and myself and my cousin. And it, it was Chad and I teaming up on him to basically make fun <laughs> of him all night. Yeah. If, you, if anyone in the tavern or anybody knows us, like, if we're like giving you shit and shitting on you, it, it's all in good fun. That's kind yeah. of our sense of humor. That that's how you know we like you and we're we feel comfortable with you. And, me, and what's crazy me about Sneed, we tag team that poor bastard that, and night. we didn't even know each other at that point. No, so you know he brought us in, you know, as a mutual friend of his, and we teamed up on him. And from but, there, but the but the cool thing was that night, you know, that was kind of our first bonding night. But yeah, we there was wrestling figures there. I remember. Yeah. And that's when we first realized that, holy shit, we both really like wrestling. Yeah. Yep. That's great. That's okay. Yeah. Um, so as far as like the birth of the tavern, what do you think Snead? When did it really? So, you know, taking it through, I mean, if we're going, we'll, we'll go through a timeline. So, you know, we go through high school. Um, we, you know, in, in junior high, Chad and I started a backyard wrestling <laughs> federation. Yeah. Um, so we would book and do trampoline wrestling um, for uh, uh, EHW. Extreme and, uh, hardcore wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> yeah. Love that. But, you know, we, we had a whole cast of characters there. So we built this whole federation um, and, 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 you know, all throughout high school, because that was, attitude era and, and Monday night wars. Mm-hmm. That was the time yep. that we were, you know, in high school coming up. So, you know, we always had 
wrestling to talk about. And, um, you know, we went through high school, best friends in high school, graduated. And then after that, we lived together, you know, right out of high school, we had a house together. Um, and then we lived in New York city together, went to a bunch of Rawls at the garden, went to ECW one night stand. Yeah. So we did a lot of iconic events there. Um, met some really good wrestling minded people and, and kind of solidified to us that the New York crowd is, is a, uh, is a different fan base. Oh yeah. Just rabid. Um, and then, you know, we, we've moved every, you know, we've moved and lived together pretty much anywhere, you know, Florida, we went to college in Florida, um, came back. Chad was in LA for a while and I didn't go out there. I stayed here in West Virginia. Um, and then while he was in LA, that's when we started talking about doing a podcast. Mm. And uh, so the Turnbuckle Tavern, I I, I want to say, if I remember correctly, the the name was it like a kind of like a play on like like kind of like barstool sports or something like that, or is that <clears> like it, like where does that where does that name come from? Because that that would that name would I mean it's synonymous with wrestling Turnbuckle. I mean, if you right. think of, if you're a wrestling fan anyway, um, I mean, you think of it, yeah. When we, I think we were about to record and we didn't have a name. We were about to record the first episode and we were standing outside of Sneed's apartment and we wanted a name. What's funny is we do like lofty goals. It's like, man, we're, we want to be like the pro wrestling bar stool, just shit talking fans talking about what they love, yep. you know? But that wasn't the MO in the beginning. We didn't ever even think of that. We were just like, we want a name. We don't want it to be like a saying from wrestling or anything. Mm-hmm. We wanted it to be like a place, like, yep. like a place you Somewhere go. You can come and hang out. And we're like, what? The first thing we, we said was, this was almost the name. Yeah. We, we said turnbuckle uh, tabernacle, which is like a church. Oh, and we're like, that's, we're like, that's too much. <laughs> like it's, it's a mouthful. And we're like, what about tavern? And we were like, fuck it. You know, we, we figured a lot of people would probably think we were, you know, it was going to be all about drinking and it, because of the name. And it's like, yeah. it was more of just the, you know, your, your cheers where everybody knows your name. It's where you go to hang out and talk with your buddies. So that's kind of, I think where it came from in my head. What do you think? Yeah. No, that's, that's definitely what it was. You know, tabernacle just seemed, it seemed like a whole mouthful of words, and, <laughs> Yeah, you know, coming on to host and to say, well, you know, term buckle tavern, like it was just way too much. Uh, tavern many syllables. Yeah. You don't want to have to hit on all that. So, um, and, you know, before we had, you know, we had had plans for other podcasts, not just wrestling, but we had had plans to do other, you know, more of just an entertainment type <laughs> podcast. Um, and we, you know, we wanted it to be a place like a cabin, you know, yeah. where you could have different rooms to go in to have, you know, different things happen, you know, thing different shows and different, you know, topics to talk about in each room. So we just kind of wanted it to be a place. And yeah. I think, you know, I think like Chad said, cheers where everybody knows, you know, just a easy, fun hangout place that a tavern just sounds like that. Yeah. You definitely get the, uh, when you, when you listen to each show, you definitely get that vibe. Um, 
not I'm not you know I'm not throwing the raw down in there, but you know just uh-huh. in the beginning, like all the, like the shows like you know Broken VCR, um, like you get you get that vibe of like you know it, it's almost like a welcoming vibe, like it's like you got you the, the even like your speaking voices, you guys aren't like you're not abrasive, you're not you're not loud, you're not yelling into the mic or anything, you're very you know you're very calm and stuff like that. So like obviously you know things. Things arise if there's an argument. Obviously, you know you get loud, but yeah. But as far as like you know, as as far as far as like I said, like even your speaking voices are like you know, it's very, it's very calming. So it's almost like you know, <laughs> you're, you're like welcoming welcoming people in. But then maybe that's the trick. So when you get people on the debate and you <laughs> you, yeah. you you lull, you lull them in with your calm voices and then you, uh, <laughs> yeah. you trap them on the show and start you know put them against the wall like ah. But, um, <laughs> no, it's um. I definitely get that vibe from uh, across the shows, and like and like you said, like it's 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 like friends just hanging out, you know, shooting the shit. Like, uh, like I'll use the raw down for example. Like myself, Anthony, and uh, and J Bone, we're we're three different age groups. Yep. Um, but we all gel really well. It's it's a strange. It's like we've never met each other in person. I mean, obviously we see each other on camera, but like it's like you've like if you watch that show, it's like. You wouldn't know that we never met each other, or we didn't know each other for like months or anything like that. Or actually, it's been a year. So far. yeah, like, man, and it it shows. I, that's the thing that I love about like seeing people you've befriended on other shows and watching mm-hmm. the chemistry grow. And it, you you can feel it when it starts clicking. Like yep, you you just know like if something's forced, or you can hear it in any podcast. And yeah. That's one thing about Raw Down. You guys just click. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it was the same thing with with the with the Chick Foley show. Like, I've we've been doing the show for. I mean, I've been on the show for three years. I want to say I could be wrong, um, but I've like I've never met Sheena in person, and you wouldn't even know at all <laughs> from listening yeah. to the show. You would think like we've known each other for for ages for for like twenty years or something like that. But just by listening to it, you could tell that like. We all just click like myself. Yeah, uh, man. Seth, that, Jordan, like I like yeah. Jordan just jumped in later too. Like he's, he's more, he's more of, uh, of a recent addition. He's just doing like our Patreon episodes uh, where we do like the, we, we do watch alongs. Um, we, we had like a Royal Rumble series that we were doing. We kind of stopped doing it, but we might have to bring that back. Um, just That's to continue the thing I love on, but, about like Chick Foley and extra coolers. Like when I listen, cause I've been listening to you guys for a while and, it's almost like the best part of those type of shows is when the hosts you can feel are comfortable, like with extra cooler, those guys have been lifelong friends and you feel it. Yep. And then with you guys, there's a chemistry with all of you where when, when the people are making inside jokes at one another and you you're a regular listener and you you feel like you're led into this little world and it's like you're hanging out with your buddies for an hour a week oh yeah yep yep. it's a very cool feeling yeah it's it's i mean it's obviously it's weird like just knowing that people like are drawn into that type of thing because you do i mean i do myself when i listen to other podcasts too so you like you feel like you're uh like you said in on the joke essentially but like i mean i like the fact that like a lot of these shows, like we don't, you know, this, we, we don't try to edit everything out too. Um, like we just leave it in. It's like, you know, we're just regular people. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not professionals. Same. Um, by, by, All of our by, shit's by, live. Yeah. So like if we mess up and you've heard it plenty of times on the Chick fil show, like if we like just die laughing at something or like, yeah. it's, just, it's, <laughs> yeah. it, it's not going to be edited. We're just going to leave it in. Cause 
it's hilarious. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. and you know, it, it, I think that's, I think, like I said, that's, that's like the feel I get from like uh, the Turnbuckle Tavern shows. It's like, it's, you're, you're all definitely friends. Um, you could definitely tell, uh, but you wouldn't be able to tell, like, if you were just like, you know, if, if you were just listening, like you wouldn't know that you guys known each other for 20 years or right. anything like that. But where did, uh, so where did, let's, let's go to, I, I want to kind of like, at, like do the additions to the Turnbuckle Tavern. So like, like I want to see like the OG. So like, where did, where did Tom come into play? The OG fit kid. How did he come into the, uh, into the world of the Turnbuckle Tavern? Where'd you guys meet him? Yeah. So it's kind of a, a strange story how he became a part of it. Um, we're both a part of the major brothers Facebook group. Yeah. You and Tom, um, not, not yeah. Me and Tom. Yeah. Um, so, pal. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so Tom, Tom and I are part of this group and I had, you know, I, I didn't really have anybody and they were doing this big fitness challenge and everything in that group. Well, I had gone to the doctor and I found out some medical stuff that I had going on and I went looking for advice in that group. And Tom I, was the, the first person to send me a DM and we talked about this book that he had recommended and you know that's all we really talked about and then we then we got to talking about the podcast and he listened and then he said that he i had told chad because he told me he said i'd like to come on because i have a way to fix wwe and that was and this was when wwe was in the absolute shitter (laughs) yeah yeah this was you know (laughs) like the past 10 years the past 20 years. Right. Like, no, <laughs> so I told Chad, you know, I brought it to the table. I told Chad, I said, Hey, and we, because at that time we had never had anybody besides Hawk okay. as, as a call in or a guest or anything. We'll, I told we'll get Chad, to him. We'll get to him as well. <laughs> and, uh, Tom, you know, Tom came on that night and we talked about it, about his way to fix WWE. And then we start Chad and I, we were like, you know, it'd be fun to, to debate something like that. Yeah. And then that's where, you know, for a, how long was it just me, you and Tom, Chad? Uh, 18 weeks. We did 18 episodes with just me, you and Tom. And because initially we were like, we should have a debate segment mm-hmm. on the show. But at the time in the beginning, the flagship show had, the dynamite debate. And then yep. we had a 30 minute interview typically in there. So the shows were like crazy long and we were like, man, we can't do it. another 30 segment, 30 minute segment of debating. So let's just do a debate show. And we brought Tom on mm. and the rest is history. So is Tom like the, he is, is he kind of the creator of the, uh, the debate show? Is he the, uh, I mean, he's definitely the catalyst for it. (laughs) Like he was the he was what what got the juices flowing to get that idea uh, to make it. Me and Steve had talked. We wanted more of. We wanted. We were like the show's missing something. We agree on so much. (laughs) Yeah. 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 We needed that. We needed another opinion that we didn't like. You know, me and Sneed have known each other so long. We have a lot of parallel thoughts. Yeah. So, like that was the. And then when Tom brought that to the the call in on the flagship we were like let's get tom i like tom yeah because we you know he was he was the wwe guy that was his that was his thing you know we were both AEW, and he was 
w hardcore wwe he yep. wasn't in on AEW at all at that point ah Okay, and he had he had he remembered, you know, Tom's a little bit older than us. Sorry, Tom, you're old. (laughs) Get over it. Just a little bit. But, you know, he remembered Andre and the Sheik. And and we I think my er, my earliest wrestling memory is Bob Euchre being choked by Andre the Giant. That's the first thing I remember. But he remembered a little before that. So it was good to get someone who had a, a longer history of watching wrestling on, too. Yep. Yeah, he uh, that that brings me back to my point. Like, I didn't I didn't know you guys. Like, he was a I would have thought he he was someone that you guys you guys have known for forever. And just knowing that he was just someone that you know you met through uh, the Facebook group. That's yeah. that's pretty insane. Like, it, it, that goes to show just like the chemistry that 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 you guys have um, just in general. It, like, I wouldn't even have known that if. Uh, I don't even think I knew that story. Um, I just always assumed that, you know, Tom was, you know, one of your best friends and, you know, he's been, he's been, with, <laughs> yeah. he's been with you guys forever, but um, yeah, no, I mean, 18 episodes with just me, Sneed and Tom on the debate. And I think this week we record our 105th episode. So that's insane. Uh, we did 18 with just us three. And our first guest was actually Sheena on episode 19. And, yeah, that's right. Yep. And then every episode since then, outside of maybe one or two, it's been, you know, a, a guest every week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I've done it a few times. I think I did it once. Did I do it once by myself? And then I You've did done it, it twice. Yeah, twice I did it by, twice, twice by myself by and one with Seth, right? And one with Seth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, that's a, it's I I love I love doing the uh the debate show. I wish I wish Tom was on uh that time I was on, but he uh yeah. Yeah. He, got, he got scared. You got scared of, uh, no, I'm joking. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but, um, it's, uh, I, let, let's, you know what? I'm going to, we'll skip past Mike Belcaster cause we, we don't want to go down that road. Uh, <laughs> we, we, we all know how that, uh, that happened, but Mike's a well, great we, guy. We stole, I'll just say we stole Mike <laughs> from a, a prior show and yes. because Mike was a super fucking rad, cool dude. And we we had to have Mike him for Just, we'll just leave it at, we love Mike Belcaster. Yeah, Mike, he's the man. He's a great, he's a great addition to, yeah. to the, to the pod foundation in general. He's awesome. Um, you know, and, and one thing I want to say too, about, about meeting the, you know, having these people on these shows and you get, have this chemistry. And like you said, Marco, it was like, we've, you felt like we had known Tom forever. Yeah. Um, it, we met Tom for the first time in person back in August of this year. That's and, crazy. <laughs> which is, and, and I'll say it was, you know, we met Mike in Chicago last year at all out, you know, and it's the, it's such an, uh, indescribable weird feeling meeting somebody in the flesh after you've had such chemistry with them just over video. So true. Yeah. You can't, you can't explain it because you feel like you know them Yeah, and you do, but you haven't been in their presence. So when you're in their presence, it's this weird sensation as hokey as it sounds. It's a, it's a feeling like it, it, that I've never felt before. I didn't really, you know, when I, when Tom walked down my steps and I met, walked out to meet him, it was such an odd feeling, but it was nice, <laughs> it was nice to finally, finally get to meet the guy. <laughs> yeah. I think I did that before. Uh, one of my, uh, it was one of my work, one of my work, um, 
meetings we had or one of work parties or something like that. And it was, it, I think it was like a coworker I've only seen like on like a, on a meeting on like a teens meeting. So like when I met that person, I was like, oh my god, I was like, oh my god, it's so weird. I actually see you like in person. Yeah. You're not this little square on my computer screen. You're like you're actually here in front of me. But it wasn't like you said. It, it definitely is weird and. Um, yeah. Definitely want to. I mean, I, I think we've talked about this like probably like for the past year. Like, I think we all want to try to get like get together at some point, do like a absolutely, huge, like, absolutely Quad foundation like get together. And I think it'll be, I think it'll be a rather uh, crazy night if that if that definitely does happen. Or if yeah, we're, to, anytime you, yeah, anytime you meet anyone like if we were to meet you know any of you guys from any, you know Chick Foley, Extra Cooler, anybody. It's the 21st century version of meeting your pen pal. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. we literally talk every day. Like yeah. We're not to, either we're texting every day or we're doing something in the vicinity of just interacting. Right. Like, right. We, we joked about this before. Like when I, when I was doing the Chick-fil-A show, like when I first started, like we, we, we talked to each other more than most of our like actual real life friends and our, <laughs> our real life family and stuff like that. It's just, it's the strangest thing ever, but it's, it's almost like it's not like like we have to. It's just something that we just normally do now. It's just like it's just the way of the world. You're just interacting via, you know, social media or, you know, someone's not even through someone's phone, like not even someone's actual phone number. For the most yeah. part, you're like interacting with even your close friends through some means of social media, not even their actual phone number, which is pretty, pretty insane. But um, but uh, let's let's get to Hawk because uh, he's the. uh. He's a, he's an, he's the enigma. He's the, um, he's like the Jeff Hardy of, uh, of the, of the, <laughs> the, term <laughs> the resident asshole. Yeah. The resident <laughs> dickhead. Cause he, cause, cause you get conflicting reports, right? I mean, I hope not oh, yeah. breaking kayfabe, but, uh, I mean, we break kayfabe. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but it's either, you know, he's an extremely nice guy, uh, when you meet him in person. But if you, if you listen to the, you know, the, you know, the flagship show or, uh, long balls he doesn't seem like he's the nicest nicest of guys he just seems like he's just a just a just a mean old man oh sometimes. yeah he, he's a, he's the taverns mjf he lives the gimmick um he i met hawk at film school in florida and in 2007 and both love film obviously we do the broken vcr um that's a big part of our lives as yep. far as just the film passion and everything. And uh, we've remained close over the years. We lived together in Los Angeles. Um, and then, you know, when we were doing the podcast, when we were thinking of it, me and Steve were like, we need, I think we did the first episode by ourselves. And we were like, we should have something with a not someone who doesn't watch wrestling. Come on who do we know that would actually watch every week and give us something good to play off of? And I'm like, if Hawk will watch every week, let's get Hawk. And he was totally down. And it's, it's been fun, man, because if you go back and listen to those early episodes, you've really, if you just listen to the call, the Hawk segment on the flagship show, you've really seen a guy who hasn't watched wrestling mm -hmm. since like, the early nineties, since the golden era, you've witnessed a guy, a lapsed fan become a fan again, honestly. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, and he will buck back and be like, I wouldn't watch it if I wasn't doing the show. Bullshit. He, he's locked in now. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, 
just the classic. And that's the thing. He, he plays the asshole, but the big secret is Hawk's a good dude. And anyone who can take the amount of shit that me and Sneed give him every week and be a good sport about it. A lot of people would get upset, but I think that's what makes that segment fun. Yeah. He's a, uh, it's, it, he's a, uh, like even in the, even in the group chat that we have, he's a, uh, you know, he, he loves to get back to the group chat. He hasn't, he hasn't let up there and it's uh oh he's it, a shit disturber man he, yeah it's a, he, he loves it oh yeah no i i, I know like <laughs> I've, I've witnessed i've witnessed some of the, the pretty much all the threads uh when, oh, yeah. when stuff has gone down but uh i like uh, you know just trying to like you know figure figure him out and like you know try to that's 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 like the game i like to play is trying to like figure out like you know like how to how to counteract uh, oh yeah, Hawk. I don't want to give away my secrets, but uh, <laughs> but uh, you know that's what I try to do is I I try to see what he like what he'll post or what he'll write and then try to like interact that way or either sometimes you want to like you know he'll have he'll he'll have a great point sometimes and you just want to yeah you know gang up on the other person that he's going after too <laughs> yeah. you know it's it's fun it's way more fun doing that but uh, yep. no it's like I said it's he uh, like I said just just everyone in general um, in the in that group um, it. it just amazing. I mean, like, yeah, I think it's everyone- fun. I mean, J bone, J bone and young Anthony, they came in off of doing the debates and then we did yep. like a raw down recap and a SmackDown recap. And that's where they came in, uh, working with Tom. And then, you know, it was just a heavy workload. So we're like, that's when raw down was created. Like yep. let's combine these shows and make it just a WWE centric show. And I, I mean, everybody brings something and, uh, and then Ace coming in. I mean, Ace was yeah. another, like he did the debate and just a solid fucking dude works his ass off, puts his heart and soul into shit. And I love it because like young Anthony, 19 years old. Yep. It's such a good, fresh opinion. You've got old man, Tom, sorry, Tom, there, there yeah. I go again, mentioning <laughs> your age, but you, you know, like we have the spectrum, you know, from Tom to, to Anthony, it's just fun to have a variety of opinions under one roof, kind of bouncing off your flavors. Like, what do you like? You know? Yep. Yeah. He, he just uh, doing the sh- just doing that show and like inherent. I think I talk to I, I I say this to my wife all the time too. Like, just like doing that show with with both of them. It's like, like you said it, it definitely is like a fresh set of eyes and ears to the product. Yeah. Um, Cause obviously he's coming in, you know, late. So he was really getting into wrestling, like in the late, late, late two thousands, <laughs> not even into crazy to me. Crazy to me. Yeah. And it's insane. But at the same time, like you, he, his, he has some really good takes um, yeah. on a lot of stuff. So he's like, he's, he's knowledgeable in the sense where, you know, he's, he's a, he's a student. He goes back and watches the old stuff, whether or not he likes it. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's your own opinion. I mean, you, you can watch stuff, you know, back then and say, yes, it is cringy. It is really bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there is his, stuff that's really good. on DX. Oh yeah. Like his, his say, uh, you know what? Just going back and watching it. I, you know, I get you it. Probably have to agree with them <laughs> on, on some of that stuff. It's just like, it, it is really cringy. And if you listen to like, uh, like on uh road dog, his podcast, he talks about it as well. Like he, he doesn't agree with a lot of stuff now. Right. Like they did back then. Like things change, times change, a lot of stuff. And you definitely wouldn't be able to, uh, get away with a lot of the stuff we we were watching back in the uh back in the the the, the uh wrestling cold war era there with uh yeah. nitro yeah. and uh and raw but um i 
I got to give <clears throat> young Anthony his props just for a quick second. Cause 19 years old, the kid's a student of the game. He, yep. he, he has knowledge on things that he shouldn't have knowledge on, which shows you that he goes back and watches. Yep. And when he's our age, when he's late thirties, early forties, kid's going to be a, a, a monster when it comes to wrestling opinion, wrestling trivia. Yep. Cause he, he, if he doesn't stop watching to have the, the mind for pro wrestling as a fan that he does at his age is pretty yeah. impressive to me. Yeah. And he's with us. So, yeah. I mean, he's learning from the, he's learning from the best. So I mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's, he, he better be good when he, uh, but, um, um, but I want to kind of pivot off of like the wrestling stuff and get into, we can kind of talk about broken VCR and stuff like that. Cause I want to get into like your, like the other interests of both of you. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I, I know definitely film is uh, one of those things. So I want to, uh, deep dive into that because I'm a I'm a movie buff myself. I love pretty much you know the most obscure movies to so the most oh, yeah. you know commercial movies. Um, so where did where did the love or where did the love of movies come into play for for you? Like like was it was it a movie that you seen that like you know really opened your eyes to to uh, to movie magic and cinematography or was it a story? Like how did <clears throat> for both of you? For me, um, it's a combination of a couple things. I was a, I, I am a kid of the VHS rental generation. Yep. And I came from a divorced family. So when my mom, when I would go to my mom's on the weekend, <clears throat> the big, there was a, a video rental store where I grew up called Mr. Video. And if you went and rented three mm. VHS tapes, you got a fourth free. Well, my mom is a sucker for the deal. Yeah. So <laughs> every Friday she would let me rent four movies. And so that kind of became a thing mixed with my grandmother. Every time I would go to wa- go to stay with her, she worked evening shifts. So she would, when she would get home from work, she would stay up until three or four in the morning and I'd stay up with her. And the only thing she watched was it monster movies and Westerns. And hmm. also growing up as a kid, you know, you had TBS's dinner and a movie. You had USA up all night with yep. Rhonda Shear, Gilbert Godfrey. Mm-hmm. You had Joe Bob Briggs, monster vision. So I, I just got attached to escaping into worlds. I'm an only child. It, it passed time. I loved that shit. Um, and my early, I, I know I said my earliest wrestling memory was Bob Uecker getting choked by Andre the Giant, but my earliest memory in life, like the first thing I can ever remember is walking into a room. I had to be two or three years old because I remember the armrest of the couch was above my head. So that's how mm. short I was. And I remember walking around the couch and there it was a dark room. My parents were in there with a couple friends. They were probably in their early 20s. And they're the TV, they were watching the TV and on the TV, there was a, bo- a bloody body bag being drugged down the hallway oh, <laughs> and, and someone noticed that I was in the room and picked me up and took me out of the room. Come to find out they were watching a nightmare on Elm street. If you remember the scene with the girl in the body bag and Nancy oh, sees it. Yeah. So my earliest child, my earliest memory in life is walking into a room where my parents were watching a nightmare on Elm street. So all of that kind of 
I think it just sunk into my psyche and made me fall in love with just the moving picture, you know, cinema. Mm. Sneed, what about what's, what's your uh, what, so, what's your what's your take on uh, movies? No, I love I love movies. I, you know, I and a lot of it has been because, you know, it's something that Chad has suggested to watch or that we've watched together. Mm-hmm. Um, I never had the, or I don't have the, uh, the, the knowledge and the, um, you know, Chad and hot can go for hours about movies. I enjoy watching movies. Um, and it's the same thing, you know, my brother was six years older than me. So a lot of the movies that he was watching, I wasn't allowed to watch, but, but I was, I would sneak in and watch and then I'd get scared and have nightmares and get get in trouble for watching those. Um, but I've always been fascinated, you know, music, um, and and movies uh, alike. I've always been fascinated with the sound of it and, and how things, you know, how things are done technically. So when I went to college, I, Chad and Hawk, they met in film school. I went to the same school, but I went for audio engineering. Um, Mm. so, you know, that's, you know, when we started doing the podcast, that, that was one thing that kept us from doing it for so long. Cause I wanted to make sure we did it right and didn't come in with, you know, terrible sound or terrible equipment. And, you know, it, that's, you know, during the pandemic was when Chad and I kind of put that together, but, um, you know, my passion, you know, my big passion outside of that. Uh, it has always been collecting too. Um, and not just wrestling figures, you know, it, it, it's collecting on all levels, autographs and mm-hmm. vinyl. And, uh, Chad can tell you there's so much shit around this room. Like, I, Oh yeah. <laughs> I have no, no room to hang <laughs> most of it. So a lot um, of collectibles, a lot of collectibles there. And that's you, go, go ahead. ahead. I was oh, going to say, Chad is, are you the same with uh, collecting? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm not in a, in different ways. I think most of my friends, most people I click with have some version of the collector gene. Okay. Like a lot of figure collectors, Sneed, Sneed kind of runs the gamut. He has a little bit of everything. Um, I'm a movie collector. Um, been collecting movies since I was a teenager. So, uh, that's my big, that that's my kryptonite. That's where, and I know a lot of people, Oh, you, you still buy movies. There's all this streaming. <laughs> Fuck yeah. that man. I'm all about physical media. And what people don't realize that the boutique collector scene of Blu-rays is probably the biggest it's ever been. Everyone thinks that they don't do that anymore, but it's me and Hawk are deep in the film collecting and it's, it's a rabid, rabid fan base. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. My my wife, uh, we have. I, I used to have like a massive collection of uh, uh, DVDs and Blu-rays and stuff, but I end up getting yeah, rid of them. It's the same but... thing, you know, with figures. Like in the film world, you know, there's a film; it's out of print, and yep. the thing will be two hundred dollars to get this. It's the yep. same. The same rules apply. It's not just, you know, I'm not buying movies like going on new release day and buying. I'm looking for like older. Most of the stuff me and Hawk collect is boutique stuff, uh, yeah. old films, things like that. Not so much like new releases. Yeah. And it, uh, yeah, it's the same thing with like, I mean, it, the movies, you know, kind of follow what music is doing. So like not everything is available on right. streaming platforms. Like you have to 
still like either physically buy it um, or I mean, it, it's not even available to buy digitally. Most of the time you have to buy it physically. And I found that out the hard way because one of the movies I love um, is sort of a actually it's a, it's a Thanksgiving movie. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that. I mean, I, and I wanted to watch it last year. It was nowhere on streaming services. Um, it's uh, have you ever heard of the movie Dutch? Oh, yeah. John Hughes wrote that movie. Yep. That's, I have it sitting on my shelf right now in DVD form. Yeah. I'm looking at it as we talk. Yep. Did so you guys like, do Broken VCR on Dutch? We haven't done Dutch yet. Well, if, if you, It's on the docket. I love Ed If you O'Neill, do, I'm on, I'm on that episode. Yeah. Ed, put me down. Put me down for that episode. I lo- yeah, it. man. We'd love it. I, that's such a hidden gem. I, I love Dutch. Yeah. It, it, like, I, I was looking for like rapidly last year, like, you know, Thanksgiving. I kind of, I like to like have a movie I like watching, like during like a holiday type of thing. So like yeah. in that movie, it's a Thanksgiving movie. Yep. Um, not many people know about it. Um, and, you know, just trying to find it was insane. Like the DVDs were like, it was like international versions and all this stuff. So like, you know, I had to like, you know, use my collector brain and just start like, you know, searching <laughs> yeah. every aspect of anything I could find. And I ended up finding it and I actually ended up getting it. Uh, it was, it was delivered after Thanksgiving, but I have it primed and ready for, you know, this year, but just, yeah, uh, you know, it, it is, like you said, it is a rabid fan base. And I was going to say my wife, you know, she wants to get rid of like our DVDs. And I'm like, no, like I bought some recent ones. Like they had the, like the, uh, I grabbed the, uh, Snyder verse, um, uh, DV, uh, Blu-ray, uh, collection. So it's oh, like yeah, all the, yeah. it's all the, it has like the, you know, um, it has like a booklet and it has like, uh, you know, art prints and all this stuff. It's like one of those like gift sets whatever I'm like i'm definitely not getting rid of that that's that's a collector side of oh, me oh yeah don't even yeah, think about I, it i'm the um, same <laughs> and uh like, like no i'm not definitely not getting rid of that even if i don't watch it um, i have they <laughs> yeah. live i have like the uh, collector's version of they live that's one of my favorite movies i love of all they time. i love john carpenter he's one of my favorites yeah so uh yeah he uh yeah that's that's another thing like there's a lot of like filmmakers that uh that I didn't know I liked their movies until like late. Obviously, when you're younger, you're not really you know following filmmakers and movies they directed or right. wrote or produced. But as you get older, you're like you you find out that you you have like a you have a certain taste in movies, and you'll probably find out that that one person was yep. like either behind it, produced it, directed it, or wrote it. Which is that was the beauty of being an early fan when all of these films were out there you hadn't seen. I I. I would say in my late teens, I was picking up on, okay, this guy did this movie and he did this. What else has he done? And I would just literally yep. go, get his DVDs and start working through, you know, Scorsese, <laughs> Spielberg, Kubrick, Carpenter, Cronenberg, all yep. of De Palma, all of these guys. And that, that's like, it, when you're discovering your fandom, like everything's still kind of fresh and new. And there's so much discovery in those early days that it's, you can't explain it. And you know, my dad, AFI did their AFI top 100 films and a thing that me and my dad did kind of a bonding thing. We bought all of the movies on the top 100 list and tried to watch them all. So things like that as a kid, like, wow, that's, that's, you know, it took me to film school where I met Hawk and, we moved to LA and we're both screenwriters still actively. Like we have friends in the industry. One of our super, super close friends talk to him every day. Almost uh, just wrote a film 
that is getting rave reviews right now. Howard Stern put it over. It's got, I think, a 98% on Rotten Tomato called To Leslie. Um, so we're we're still actively kind of chasing the dream of writing. And um, so that's a big part that doesn't really come out in the wrestling podcasts yeah. uh, for me and Hawk. But like we're currently um, me and one of our other good friends that are tight little kind of artist group of friends uh we're working on a thing that's we've been we've had several zoom calls with cedric the entertainer who produces a lot of television stuff now oh nice and yeah one of our it's a 30 minute show i won't go into details but uh so we're in the process of like talking to cbs and so there's there's we've had pitches with cbs and things of that nature so we're we're not just fans in, in the we're fans. Re, that's why I love wrestling is because it's just fandom Yeah. with, with film. It was a fandom that turned into a passion of like, we want to do this. So there's, there's a little bit of a critical eye where I can still enjoy films, but where you're trying to do it yourself, you do have a little bit of that critical eye where with wrestling, it's purely fandom. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, <clears throat> I was going to say it's. I was going to say this. I'm going to say the same thing to you as I said to to Nick. If you guys do make it, obviously don't for, don't for, don't forget us. I mean, uh, we'll probably, <laughs> no man, it'll uh, we'll only improve. Fall to the wayside. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, dude. If we if anyone if me Sneed or anyone in our crew ever er, scratches some big money, it'll only uh, watch out because the tavern will go. It, the tavern will become. We'll get all the nice cameras go live get a big fancy studio who knows what could happen yeah, if i mean we hit one, the lottery one thing we've always said is one makes it we all make it i mean that's yeah. always you know that's yeah you know i was gonna say to that actually I'll, i usually hold this off to the end of the uh show but i'm gonna I'll, I'll just ask you now like so what's the what's the uh what do you guys what are your plans for i mean obviously you don't have to give all your plans but like what do you see the future of turnbuckle tavern being um besides like you know the, the you know the shows and stuff like that um we'll say like five years from now where do you see uh turnbuckle tavern or do you even have any plans for five years from I'm, now for turnbuckle tavern i'm for me it's just keep having fun keep doing it and the proof is in the pudding you know good thing if you just keep doing it and stay consistent um who knows where it could go we're not stopping you know it's just going to continue and you know, we always kind of joke around. We're Conrad without the cash. We'd love yeah. to be the re- <laughs> the barstool of wrestling podcasts or the ringer of wrestling podcasts and entertainment podcasts. But we're just trying to, th- that's all kind of in good fun. We're just trying to do what we do and have fun doing it. Yeah. yeah you know, the, the, the goal never, you know, when we started out, the, the goal was always just to, it was, I mean, the conversation that you hear on Turnbuckle Tavern is, conversation that chad and i would have without a microphone yeah Yeah. that's that's this it's just the stuff that we would talk about it and putting a microphone in front of us and recording it that's that was always just the goal was just to be able to talk about it and put it out and you know maybe have people like it and listen to it um you know the the goal is for me is to just continue to to evolve and and make it better and um 
you know, if, if one day we can become Conrad with the cash, that wouldn't be bad, but, <laughs> but it's always just about the fun that we have. Yeah. yeah. I always, uh, we, every time we do the uh, Chick fil show, we always, obviously before the, we actually record, there's always like conversation, stuff like that, catch it up. How was your week? Blah, 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 all that stuff. And like, we always wanted to do like, you know, like you said, once you turn the microphones on, it's just, you know, we're just talking and like what yep. we normally would. There's, there's no real, like we do, we kind of follow a format. Like, you know, we'll just write down, like, here's what we got to talk about. Like, we'll talk about this, this, and this, but not like yeah. bullet points. It's like, yeah. here's a topic. Um, we kind of just toss, like, Seth, will, you, uh, you listen to the show. Seth will toss us the questions and stuff like that. So we don't know what question he's going to ask. He'll just like, he'll get, give us a topic. Hey, we got to, you know, review this show. And then right. he'll come in and just ask a question. So, like, but even before that, before we even record, we, you know, we talk about life stuff, like, you know, what's happening, blah, blah, blah. Like we always wanted to do something where we just hit record before the show and do like the before the show recordings. Like oh, yeah. that have nothing to do with wrestling at all. Just us like, you know, shit on each other or, you know, just people talking love about that shit, beats. man. Uh, I, I think people love when, you know, they're tuning into a show and it devolves into something where you, you get a peek into the person outside of just what you're there to listen to. Yeah. You know, you get to, you, if you want to hear like, you know, the uh, like a marital dispute between yeah. Seth and Sheeta that might be fun to listen to. Um, yeah, I I'm, love I'm, that. I'm, shit. I'm gonna still try to pitch it to him, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's a uh, but yeah, just like just having like I think that like you said, it it makes the the pot sweeter when you, when your friends are involved. Um, yeah. And you know when if it you know something does happen where it, it does make it big or you know some type of glimmer of success happens, it's like you know everyone gets to celebrate as opposed to, you know, that one person, like you said, if yeah. one makes it, everyone makes it. So that's, you know, the, that, the, the crazy thing is, is Chad and I's lives are so intertwined, you know, Chad's, you know, peek behind the curtain. Chad's, Chad's girlfriend is my stepsister. Um, a, a few years ago, after years and years of, of best friendship with Chad, we found out that we are distantly related. Um, yeah. And what? have no idea. Super yeah. weird. How's that? How? Whoa, whoa! How does that happen? How are you distant? Are you like distant cousins or? Yeah, yeah. like second or third cousins, I think. Yeah, wow. I mean, yeah, second or third. Yeah. How'd you find uh, this out? Was this through like DNA or just like needs dad? It was my dad. So you know, Chad was <laughs> living in L.A. at the time, and his grandfather passed away, and he came in for the services and while he was in, I was at my grandmother's house with my dad. My grandmother was reading the, she was reading the paper and she saw the obituary for Chad's grandfather. And she said, well, Kenneth Smith passed away and they got to talking and, and I, I didn't realize, you know, there was, um, Kenneth's brother and, and my grandmother, uh, I believe is that what it was? They had they had kids. Like it was so. Oh, yeah, it, it's some old school shit that could not happen in the social media age. Where essentially, absolutely. my grand my grandfather's brother had two families. Oh, okay. One family was my family, and one family was Sneed's family. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Jeez. Uh, the, right. the, cl- the classic like guy, ha- you know, has two separate lives, yeah. you know, yeah. like it, it happened. You see it a lot back in those days. Yeah. And yeah. And it just happened to be. Uh, 
And I'd always heard of them, but I never put two and two together when I would hear the names mentioned in my family and I would hear Sneed mention these names too. I never thought it was the same person. How could it be, you know, whatever. And then when Sneed's dad kind of dropped the bomb on us, we were like, that is crazy. Cause it it was very, it's a very simpatico friendship between me and Sneed, even down to a weird thing of in high school to this day, Sneed's where Sneed grew up and where I grew up, my mom's telephone number is 2024 and Sneed's mom's telephone number is 2124. That's that's crazy. Like they would that's... send I think my report card would show up at Sneed's house by accident sometimes. Uh... I would get you I got your high school transcripts. Yeah. <laughs> they sent them to me. So there was a lot of weird like yeah. I mean weird things that just happen like very coincidental weird things in our friendship. Wow. That's Wow, what, what was that? What was that like when you both found that out? Like, like did you guys just like did you sit down and just like we had a contemplate we had life? A, <laughs> you just like we had a three on? we had a three hour car ride to Kentucky to watch down and talked about how fucking crazy it was. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we drove we drove three hours to a heavy metal show and was just like, how fucking crazy is that, man? <laughs> that you just wow, that's. I mean, that's insane that you guys known each other for so many years. Like how, how far mm-hmm. into your friendship was it when you found so us we out? Met, we met in, I would say what, 96, 96, 96 yeah. 95, somewhere in there. And I think we found that out in 2011. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. That's almost a movie right there. If you think about it, that you guys, yeah, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's, start, it's, that's, it's, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even know, like, I wouldn't even know like what to do if that, if so, like one of my, like my best friend, I found out later in life was like, like a second cousin or third cousin. That would, right. That would freak me out so much. Cause <laughs> I'm, I'm in a family. Like I only knew my cousins, you know, my aunts, my uncles, yeah. uh, the, the extended, extended family. I know some families, they have the family tree down, you know, on lock. Mine was just kind of the, the nuclear family. And then, you know, my mom's sisters or brothers and my dad's brothers and things like that. And their kids. But beyond that, I didn't know anyone, you know? Wow. And That's my insane. family's just so big that it's, it's tough to know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what if, yeah. What if you guys find out you're related to Hawk? How crazy would that be? Oh, God. <laughs> what would you do? We might to... have to. <laughs> uh, I don't know hey, what I would guys. Do. Change my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go into Change hiding. Name. <laughs> oh, that'd, be, that'd be pretty insane. Man, I was like, that's a, uh, yeah, I would, like I said, I, I don't even know what I would do if, uh, if I found that out, that'd be, I'd, I'd be, I'd be mind blown. Like, it's almost like you knew someone your whole life pretty much. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. now you're like, a, like it makes it kind of official and it kind of like, like you said, it, you think back and you're like, Oh, this kind of makes sense. Like how we met and like, like how you guys like, you know, gelled pretty much. And- yeah, it was like, it was meant to be, it's kind of weird. Like the friendship was meant to be because it wasn't like we were friends. You know, we were like tight, you know, best friends. Yeah. Where yeah. in high school, people, we, what's the Chad's doing? 
You know, we yeah. all of our friends called Sneed. It's Chad Sneed, but we all called him Sneed, and I was Chad. But it, if people referred to us, it was always like the Chads. And then that's what popped me when I don't know if it was Sheena or Seth, but when you guys started calling us the two bad Chads, I'm like, it it <laughs> continues to this day. Yeah, I mean that's I mean maybe that it's just like way the the way the universe works. It's like yeah, you just get that you like not even obviously not even knowing you two like you get that like you get that notion that you guys are kind of like one, even though you're two different people, you're almost like one, you're one Chad, but you're two Chads. You're like a two headed monster essentially. But yeah, I remember, I remember them saying that. I'm like, did they come up with the two bad Chads or was that, was that Seth actually? I'm glad they put it on us because if me and Sneed started referring to ourselves as the two bad Chads, that would be the douchiest move. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, yeah, you, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to call it like call yourself the own your own nickname. Like I didn't come up with with the MVP. Like we talked about right. that in the very first episode. <laughs> yeah. That was something that Sheena Sheena came up with because I was just you know I was kind of like the MVP of the Chick Foley show without yeah, being. You gotta have your nickname show. dubbed. Yeah, Sheena. yeah. I wasn't yeah. coming in saying, "Hey, Sheena, call me the MVP." <laughs> right. that, that'd be that'd be like you said, be really douchey. So oh, yeah. Uh, that, Just yeah. for the record, though, all of Hawk's nicknames are self-given. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah. The, wizard, the wizard, the rating. Yeah, that that's all him. The ratings, yeah, exactly. Whatever, what is he called? The ratings wizard. The or, ratings wizard. The, yeah. yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, yeah. If you have to give yourself nicknames, that's uh, that's that's very telling. But uh, red flag. <laughs> Dummy, um, that's one that we come up with for yeah, dummy. dummy. We gave dummy. him that one. <laughs> that's a, that's a great one. That's a that's awesome. You should stick with that one. Uh, but no, uh, what was I to say? <laughs> um, so as far as like uh, like motivation goes, where do you guys get the motivation to do like to do this? Because I I think I talked to everybody on the, on the show. Just like it's it's not easy podcast. It seems like it's easy. It seems like we're having a fun time. Obviously, we're you know we're, we're laughing, we're we're yucking it up as they like to say. But there's a lot of crap that goes into this. So you have to like you have to prep for shows. You have to like obviously we're in the wrestling world, so we have to watch like hours upon hours of uh, wrestling content and read a lot of wrestling news. And you know even that like for me, I'll I'll just give an example for me. I have to like set times for people. Like I have to, I have to work on someone else's schedule. I can't just say, Hey, be on the show tonight. I have to go, when when are you available? And then, you know, if I don't know the person, which most of the people I don't know that I've had on the show, like, not that I don't know you, like know them, but like, I've never met them in person. I don't know them personally. So I'll like, I'll have to do a little bit of research. I'll go on their like social media scroll. Like when I had the interview at, uh, over the moon salt, I literally like, I, I think I said it on the show with her. I was like, I, I was a creep. I like literally scrolled all the way back to like the beginnings of her, <laughs> yeah. of her uh, Instagram just to get like some information about like, you know, her playing the piano and singing and all that stuff. So it, it, it is a lot of work. So like, I mean, I get the motivation cause I love doing it. I just love, you know, I love talking to people. I love talking wrestling. Um, I, it, it, it also helps if you, if you like love or like the people that you're actually, you know, doing it with, uh, that that makes it even you know even better. So where do you guys get the so, motivation to do this? Like for, for me, you know, as an adult, you know, we all know how life gets gets ahead of you, and yep. um, you know, you have your your shoot job where you're at forty hours a week, um, you know. But the the motivation for me is that you know, no matter what happens, no matter what goes on, no matter what bullshit's thrown at you for 
one night a week, I know that I get to hang out with my buddies, watch wrestling and talk shit. So I know I, I once a week, you know, no matter what happens, I know I have that coming. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the wrestling fan version of poker night. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, one night a week, it's just you and your buddies and, and you're, you're getting to, to watch what you love because the whole watching the wrestling and reading the articles and staying up on things. I was doing that before the podcast. Like, Oh yeah. I just, we, yeah. You know, like I feel like everybody's doing, that's not as, as far as like, it can be trying to show up every week. Uh, to me, it's more of the prep of uh, the hard part of it that, that you have to time manage is the, you know, the graphics and, and making the things like that, but we've got it down to such a well-oiled thing that it, it really is. It's a friendship thing. It's like a, it's a good way to, we're producing something creative out of something we would already be doing. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's just a, a fun a fun thing to stay creative. Cause for me, it's honestly like therapy. Like I'm the type of person, I'm a very like creative. I, I like creating things where, whether it's a podcast or writing or making the graphics and being busy with stuff like that gives me uh purpose. It makes me feel like I'm doing more than just going to work, coming home, repeating, you know, rinse and repeat. Um, so that's a big thing for me is like having a creative outlet. And if I'm not being creative, it honestly get depressed, you know? Yeah. What do I use to eat? How is it? Is it uh, feelings mutual or how is it? What, what's your motivation for uh, continuing for doing sure. this? For sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely that, you know, like I, I get to, to have an outlet uh, to, to get, in, to get here and just talk about wrestling Um you know, and Hawk would say the same thing, you know, I, he probably, you know, we wouldn't talk as much if it wasn't for the podcast. Right. Um, so being able to do that every week, it's, it's fun. And it gives me, you know, I, my shoot job doesn't have anything to do with audio engineering or what I went to school for. This gives me a chance to, to use that and, and everything that I've, <laughs> I've learned to create and like Chad said, it's a, it's such a well-oiled machine now that on Wednesdays, when we record the debate, we watch the show, we record the tavern and we're done by one 30 in the morning and we get up and go to our shoot jobs at, at seven, you know? Yeah. So, and we have, and we've recorded two shows for the week in the course of an evening and it, it just flows, you know, as we're watching dynamite, the graphics are being made that way when it's done, Sneed bounces it down throws it up and then boom, there's no editing. It's real time, sit down, record. And the fun part of podcasts, at least just speaking for like the tavern and the flagship show, especially is finding these new funny little things and you don't plan them out. They just happen, you know, and a thing that will become a recurring inside joke or Mm. finding like style and grace. 
You know, Hawk's a oh, stoner. Yeah. <laughs> so if you listen Love to it. the flagship show when Hawk's on there and we hit that style and grace drop from Stephanie McMahon's entrance music, <laughs> you now know that is our slang for weed is style and grace. And, and that spurned out of just a, a moment and it's became a thing on the show that we use to just pop each other. So I love mm. little stuff like that. That's another thing that's kind of motivating is like, you don't set out to find those things, but yep. it's like waiting for those happy accidents to happen is so like motivating and rewarding. And, and it, it makes you feel like, Oh, that was good. I, I love that. I love I that. I have so many sound drops that I've added to the board just out of conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, yeah. I mean, just to speak from like the, you know, the, the raw down aspect, we definitely, obviously, if you listen to this show, you know, we're heavy on the, uh, on the uh, on the sound drops, I love the drops. And the, yeah. uh, the other thing too is the you know you talk about like the you know the the inside jokes and like the things that ch- just come spur of the moment. With recently us with Roman Reigns and us yeah. doing the Roman impression in the <laughs> exactly. Uh, it's just that uh, like I think I said on the show I was like why did it take us so long to do this like to actually yeah. do like a like Roman Reigns impression and do like you know Roman Reigns uh, drops and stuff like that since we talk about him so much. And he's kind of like an integral part. And then like, obviously the Booker T impression that I do, that kind of came spur of the moment. <laughs> yeah. Like all yeah. these, like uh, all these, uh, you know, you, you do like, you take a guy, like doing that type of thing. <laughs> exactly. Like, like how do you, I, like, that's like, that wasn't planned. I didn't plan on doing the uh, Booker T thing. I think, but I think it was like a topic or something like that. And we, and listeners, you know, uh, being a listener of the show, like you love that shit when love something it. went, you pull out a drop and especially if that drop hasn't been used in a while, but you've been listening from the beginning and yeah. you'll pull a drop out or something will hit. That's an old joke. And, and it's a callback to an old joke that only those longtime fans. That's why I listen to podcasts is, is to get into that, you yep. know, to, to click with, with a crew of people where you know all their little intricacies and jokes and yep. it's fun. Yeah. And I, I, I listened to, I've, um, I used to listen to a podcast where, you know, it was a two man podcast and they would like, you know, I think it was, a, it was two comedians and one of them would say, you know, you know, listen to the show from the beginning. So you get all the intricacies and all the, you know, all the inside jokes and stuff yeah. like that. And the other one would be like, no, don't do that. Cause like, if we have like a, a show date, like you're not going to know because you're listening to like an episode from like two years ago. Right. You, right. But, but, it, but then like, you know, it, it kind of, it, it does kind of make sense. Like you can listen to like one show, like the new show, and then maybe go back and listen to the old show and like kind of do it, do it that way. But like it, the, he is right. Like if there are little like inside jokes, and little intricacies that you as a listener, like, you know, pick up on and you feel yeah. like you're in with it. And like and with us, we, we have our, we have our Facebook group, uh, like the Chick-fil-A show Facebook group, and we interact with our listeners. So like, they even they're even more interactive in that sense where they they're in on the joke because we're joking That's with awesome. them as well. So like and obviously we have our like you know we won't say it but we have our favorites and our go to people in the group and stuff like that. But you know like John's a part of the group, um, so he can he takes some of that stuff um, and he brings it to the show and yeah it's uh it it's like I said like you said it's just amazing like doing doing like like what you love with like the oh, people yeah. you love. I, I, I would yeah. say that's part of the. Yeah probably the best part about that. Um, I want to go with, uh, I usually ask this question too, about, you know, influences, um, basically on both sides. So who influenced you to do what you're doing? 
Um, and on the other side, do you think you influence other people to do what they do? Like any, like, because uh, I see a lot, like on social media, I see a lot of, uh, you know, people that are very, you know, you know, similar or like, you know, up and comers that, you know, not like take anything, but, you know, very, you, you can tell who they listen to and who, who they watch and who they follow and stuff like that. So I'll ask this question first. You guys think you influence other shows out there and other people? Um, I mean, or do you maybe? not to, like, think of yourselves like that? Like you're, you know, the yeah, end all I don't, be all. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I still, <laughs> there's still a, a imposter syndrome type of thing I have in everything where I think that no one's really paying attention. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that. I feel like we're still just kind of doing this for our little circle of people. Yep. Um, if P I'm honestly shocked when someone's like a stranger that has no connection to anyone in the tavern or the pod foundation says, Hey man, we listen, like we get people that'll reach out and it, I'm shocked by it. So do I think we're inspiring anyone else? I mean, I guess it's possible, but it's hard for me to believe if we are. Yeah. I'm, I'm of the exact same belief. You know, it was, it was wild to me. Like I had mentioned that Tom came down in August to visit us. Well, we went to, he came down because we went to a dynamite here in Charleston. Yep. Um, so Tom and I are walking to our seats and somebody stops him and says, Hey man, aren't you on the, the, the turn the wrap up show? <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, it, and it blew my mind because I was like, Oh, that's well, you know, we're in Charleston. I was like, but wait a minute, Tom's not from Charleston. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. So what, yeah. And the guy you ran into at the grocery store. Yeah. He, he noticed I was wearing something AEW. We sparked a, a wrestling conversation and I told him, I said, you should take, check out our podcast. He was like, Oh man, I already listened to that. <laughs> yeah. See, that's, that's like, you guys are here. And I was like, yeah, I just live right down the road. <laughs> see that, that, that right there is like, like you said, that's that's obviously it's like it, it shocks you. Like, holy crap, there are actually people listening. Yeah, like we have yeah. the we have the the hotline that you can call in 304-404-2004. And most of the time it's like friends we know or but we had a, a buddy of ours. Well, a now a buddy, but he was a complete stranger when he called Colton Jesse. He did the debate. Yeah. And he right. called in and left a message and that. Hey, love, love what you guys are doing and stuff like that. To It just blows us away. Cause we're like, fuck, they took the time out. They're actually listening. Like I still think it's just me and Sneed talking into a mic. Yeah. We need to think too, like, obviously, you know, AEW is big, right? Um, but there's, there's probably not a lot of AEW centric shows out there. Like podcast. I mean, yeah. there probably are, but like I, I would, probably say there's like a handful that people know if anything, like it, for the most part, a lot of wrestling podcasts are just, you know, wrestling podcasts. They cover everything. WWE impact, right. you know, new Japan, whatever. Like they just run the gamut. There's really not like any shows that are specific to a certain, you know, you know, obviously, cause you know, we're, we're all wrestling fans. You know, you know, there's a lot of toxicity. There's a lot of, you know, tribalism <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. so like people are probably scared to do like a, you know, an AEW only show or a uh, W like, I only know of one NXT show. There's like, there's a podcast that's dedicated to NXT. 
And it's all, yeah, and that's it, one thing. That was one thing me and Snead definitely did because I didn't want to get into the trying to cover everything because there's a lot of shows that cover go into everything. Yep. And and that's cool, but I didn't want to just. I like to talk about. Yeah. I like to <laughs> I like to dig deep into shit. So it's like I didn't want to just do kind of gloss overs of just the <laughs> weekly news. I wanted to kind of dive in deep with how me and Sneed would talk about an episode of dynamite. And, uh, that's why we are like, let's just do dynamite, just AEW and go in deep, like every segment, talk about everything. Yeah. Yeah. See, yeah. So you and gotta was- know, you gotta know that like someone's definitely listening. Cause it's an, like I said, it's an AEW centric show. So like, you, you, I mean, for me anyway, I would, I would, I would think that, you know, since I don't see many out there, um, that are, you know, dedicated to AEW that, you know, that people would be listening to, but, but you guys, I mean, I could be biased cause you know, <laughs> you, guys, <laughs> yeah. you guys are part of, the, uh, a part of all of us, but like, I, I would think I, like, I, I don't see a lot of like AEW centric shows. So I would think that there yeah. are going to be like, it wouldn't be a shock to me that someone would walk up to me and be like, Oh, Hey, that, that was a great show. And who else, yeah. who else is deep diving into AEW besides, Besides you guys, there's tons of shows deep diving into WWE. I mean, right. Of course. Cause it's like the, it's like the, obviously it's, it's bigger. It's been around longer and stuff like that. But like, right. As far as, you know, uh, AEW and like even new Japan, like I always wanted to do like a, like a, like a new Japan podcast. Cause there aren't oh, many yeah. new Japan podcasts. It, yeah, exactly. And that would probably get picked up fast because, you know, not a lot, not a lot of people are talking about it and what's going yeah, same on with, with it. like, you know, impact and, I know they're out there, but they're very few. Yeah, very far between. Um, But yeah, I I just, I just think like you know, for you guys, I think. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm more in with you guys than anything. So I think, like I said, I'm I'm probably speaking from a bias standpoint. But I think you know the the amount of content that's put out uh, from Turnbuckle Tavern, you know, definitely has to be eyes and ears. Yeah, know, watching it everywhere. I mean, like it's like like we talk about literally every show. We have you know you have the raw down. You have the flagship show. You have the debate show. You have long balls uh, for this for this NFL season. Like, and it, it's like you know it, pretty much it's covered every um, broken VCR. Like every pretty much every aspect besides uh, music. Which that was right. going to be my next question. Are you guys would you think of doing like a uh, music center? I know Steed. You said you're, you know, more like a more of a music buff. Is that something that yeah. came across your we mind? We have an idea. We have an idea for a segment that who knows what it could turn into. Um, with, you know, we we just need to pitch the idea to to the person that we want to have involved with it. I don't okay. want to say any names right now, but uh, we do have a good idea that I think would be a lot of fun, and it's all based around music. Yeah, yeah. I think, not okay. Big music fan. I mean, we're we're uh both huge big concert goers i mean that that live, that's a, live music is a big passion of mine as well yeah nice yeah live music um we were heavy metal kids in high school old school heavy metal not this five finger death punch shit <laughs> um but like you know old school heavy metal as kids and and but I love it all, man, from outlaw country of the seventies with like Waylon Jennings and Willie and, uh, 
to eighties new wave and, and eighties pop music mm. and in indie rock of today to Motown music is like 60s, 70s Motown is some of my favorite music. Um, De La Soul, The Grind Date takes me back to living in New York. Like I love all good music. We say this on the Broken VCR all the time, but it's it's true for music too. Every genre has a gem. Yep. Every type of music, you're going to find at least one album that you're like, I dig on that. So I I like to be eclectic in 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 film and music and kind of listen to it all, you know? Yeah. You know, some of the, some of the best days that, that I had ever working at a job was a Chad, a job that Chad and I worked at when we lived in New York, uh, working at tower records is a, is a, is a big shining bright spot Huge. in my life. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's uh, I, I, I remember, I mean, all those, you know, all the stores, I mean, Sam Goody, there was, uh, Oh Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we worked at we worked at Lincoln Center's Tower Records. Nice. On I was the Upper West that. Side of New York. Yep, Tower so like, Records. Uh those ep- are- epic crew of people. Such a I mean, you you learned a lot working at a place like that. Oh yeah, definitely. I was at a um what's it favorite favorite metal band? Sneed. Ooh. We'll start with Sneed. Oh, man. Um I would say Pantera or mm. I'd say Pantera. Chad. Is this uh, hard? <laughs> Pantera's up there. Uh, big motorhead fan, big early Metallica. Like, Oh yeah. Um, I'm a big Slipknot pa- fan. So. Yeah. Okay. Pantera probably all of Philip H. Anselmo's work. Yeah, from from Pantera to Down to Super Joint Ritual, like uh, to the Illegals. I'm big fan of when you talked about what are your inspirations? Who are your inspirations? Um, yeah, Philip Anselmo, mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino, um, people that own what they do. Yeah. And put a product out mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's kind of their brainchild and their fingerprints are all over it. Writer, directors, people that, yep. People you know, that they, they conceive the idea, they execute the idea. And it's really like when you listen to what they, they put out or you watch what they put out, you know, it's theirs. That that's what inspires me is, yeah. is those guys. Yeah. You know, not to be, I hate not to be do this as a name dropper thing, but Chad and I got to spend a lot of time with Phil Anselmo, the singer from Panther. <clears throat> we got to spend, we have spent a lot of time with him and wow. just getting to, to sit and, and get pick his brain and, and, and hear him talk about passions and things like that. It's a very big inspiration and motivation. Wow. Oh yeah. And, and even, even people like, you know, Anderson Silva, George St. Pierre, experts of their craft, you know, fighters, like people that just they're passionate about what they do and they execute upon it. You know, I just like watching people that are great at what they do, be passionate about it and, and and see it through beginning to end. I I think it's, you know, athletes, Mm -hmm. artists, 
anyone that that in, e- even if you're just an old man down the street who builds fucking antique chairs <laughs> that inspires me because that guy does that he loves that and he it's handmade yeah. i i get inspired by people that are just passionate about what they like even if it's something that i'm not into it inspires me yeah that's a i, I was actually i actually got caught some flack on uh on raw down for this i think we, i figured what you're talking about I think it was like Logan. I think we talked about Logan Paul, and I was talking about obviously how he faced Floyd Mayweather, and I I said he was probably one of the greatest, probably the greatest boxer of all time because he's undefeated and he's never touched the mat at all. Like no one's ever knocked him down. A glove never touched the ground. Nothing. And like, he, and they were just like, oh, what the? yeah. They're like, what? He's like, I'm like, well, it's that's greatness. Like as that much is. as much shit as he talks and all that stuff, you could just you, Muhammad Ali did that way back when. I'm, I'm used to that. I know if you if you know you if you know you have that edge and you and you're you're pretty pretty much living in the matrix and you know you're living in the matrix like as an athlete you have the right to say whatever you want for me anyway. But then absolutely, but you actually have to go out and perform it. Um, and that's not just athletes, but just anybody. Like if you know you have that skill set and you know you're really good at it or even great at it, and you go out and you perform and you show people why. Why deny anybody that that privilege of uh you know speaking to their craft like that's yeah. like that's insane like to know that somebody's never been knocked down there in, in, in over fifty fights that's crazy to me like <laughs> yeah yeah he's perfected insane. it yeah I mean it, I guess some could have could argue other people but the, yeah no argument is May- Mayweather is the greatest defensive fighter oh ever. yeah. Yeah, like ever. It, like I said, to never like to never have your glove like great like even like graze the like the, the canvas is insane right. to me. That's that's crazy. Um and, and just to like double back with uh with the music stuff. So I was introduced, um, my uncle on my mother's on my my mother's side, um, he was a huge Ozzy Osbourne fan. Um Oh, that's so, awesome. So my first ever I, I would probably say my first ever memory We'll, we'll go with mine is uh in his room I, he used to live with he used to live with us when I was when I was really little um so in his room he had a poster of uh Ozzy, Ozzy Osbourne's Bark at the Moon oh uh, yeah that cover when he's like with the, Love with the it. Long, oh my god d- that poster scared the the shit out of me pretty much as a kid <laughs> and I would never go in go into his room because I had no clue what the hell hell it was until obviously as I you know grew and like learned who it was but I grew in, I, I, you know, I, I grew up like loving Ozzy Osbourne and all this because my, I would listen, my uncle would play it and stuff like that. And, uh, and the same thing with, um, my cousin, huge Megadeth fan. Oh yeah. Like Megadeth, like every, like posters all over the place. I would walk into his room just blasting. So like I, I was introduced to Megadeth and stuff like that. So, but not, not a lot of people know that. So, but like. Yeah. <laughs> love Megadeth, love love Ozzy. I mean, me and Sneed saw Black Sabbath on their farewell tour, and we had what was it? Sneed's second row, second row seats. Man, it was wow. It it was it was a religious experience for me. Yeah, like Black Sabbath to me is the you know they're the godfathers of heavy metal. So yeah, seeing Ozzy, I've seen Ozzy multiple times. I've seen Sabbath multiple times, but it was something about second row final tour you know this is never going to be played again live these yeah. guys are old they're really hanging it up it was special yeah betty he sounds like the other thing too is like ozzy tends to sound 
amazing still. If yeah. He, like, it, oh, even yeah. At, even his old age nowadays. No, like, dude, he can't, he can't string together a sentence when he's talking, but when he's on stage, it's like something comes over him. It's weird. It's a, it's a yeah. weird thing. <laughs> when it, when it, that's it. Yeah, that's pretty, that's, that's really weird that actually he could do that. Like, like you said, he can't string a sentence together, but yeah. he can actually like belt out like a tune, like, and you understand every single word he's saying, Yep, which is really crazy. Um, yeah, one of my all-time favorite albums that kind of got me into him when I was, I think, 10 years old was, it's one of his lesser known records, uh, No More Tears. I love that record. That's, uh, such a, such that's a my good uncle's one. favorite. Yeah, it's his favorite song. Really? From, uh, yeah. From, uh, that's a great album. Underrated yeah, yeah. Aussie album. Um, the, the, so for Black Sabbath, I always, uh, I have to ask now, um, Dio, were you a fan of, uh, Ronnie James Dio taking over Black Sabbath or. It's different. It's different. I don't think those albums were great with Dio. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely an Aussie man. Those first eight records with Aussie are, are, are more my speed. I don't, I don't think Dio needed Sabbath. Dio was cool as Dio. (laughs) Yeah. Man. Holy diver, man. Holy diver. Uh, so many, so many good songs, dude. So, oh my god, my one of my favorite Dio songs, "Don't Talk to Strangers." Oh yeah, such a good song. "Rainbow in the Dark." Yep. Uh, the last in line. I mean, so many good, good, good songs from Dio. Gypsy. Love yeah. It. Um. Yeah. Like I said, we could definitely. I could definitely talk about music all day, but uh. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, like I said, we, yeah. we need a. Uh, we might. I think. I think you guys need to create a. Uh, like I said, a music podcast and uh yeah see where that goes because uh i think i think there's a, i think a lot of people will definitely be interested to, to pretty much everything else is covered as far as sports yeah. wrestling <laughs> yeah. uh movies um all that stuff but um yeah man uh the actually the other thing i want to bring up too is uh I, as a movie person sometimes i always i always felt like after so uh quinn tarantino uh, probably my favorite writer director um, yeah. he kind of soured me in the sense where i would not watch a movie unless someone wrote it and directed it oh yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. I like it was like it was like if you're not writing it i don't want to like because i think like one of the i think it was a um, true true romance he wrote but obviously he yep. didn't direct and i was like crap i, I think I, I thought he directed it too um, but I was, was like, Tony it. Scott, Tony Scott's yeah. good. Tony, yeah, it was, I, I should have known it was like, you know, it, it didn't have the, you know, it had the dialogue of a, a Quentin Tarantino movie, but not the, like the cinematography of it. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't hate that much, but he kind of, like I said, he kind of like ruined me. Like, like when, especially with Jackie Brown, when that movie came out, oh, so I was good. like, that was like one of my, that was, I, 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 that might be my favorite, uh, Quentin Tarantino movie. It's a D it's an underrated one too. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times people think that's the lesser it's Tarantino an, film. Yeah. It's overlooked, it, man. It, it's super overlooked. And a, I'm with you. I think, don't get me wrong. There are some amazing filmmakers who are quote unquote guns for hire, who just take a script and direct it. You yeah. Know, a script that someone else wrote, you know, Spielberg does that. Uh, yeah. David Fincher, tons of the best of the best do that but there's something different about a writer director whether it's 
Tarantino, Paul Thomas Anderson, the Coen brothers. Yeah. You know, when you've got that voice on the page and they're also lensing it on the camera, I think that's when you get a style. When you see yeah. the film, you you get a total style to it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's like I said, I'm not I'm not like that now. It was more or less, you know, when when I was actually when when I was getting into his movies and stuff like that, I was like, man, I don't want to watch this movie. They didn't they didn't write it or direct it. Blah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it was just you know, just like I said, just the cinematography, the dialogue, like uh, like. The magic of like just carrying a scene just with talking and not oh. like it just a conversation. Like you can watch a scene with just conversation about not yeah. even about the movie, not even the plot of the movie, just talking about random stuff like uh on Death Proof, um, the second half of it, when it's the you know, the the stunt women meeting up and all that stuff for the movie. Like they have like that diner scene that kind of uh, yeah. it's the reservoir dog scene. With it, yep. like, like kind of like the circular thing, they have just like a conversation about nothing, like it's yeah. all, it has yep. nothing to do with the movie. Just like, and that's entertaining. That's that's the magic right there. It's like they're just literally talking about just having a conversation. Like you're watching like like a podcast or listening to a podcast, but it's yeah, and it's all know? the the camera circling the table. It's all in the style that they approach the scene with, and yep. You know, great masters, sometimes it can be as simple as just two people talking and you're engrossed in it, or it could be a scene where there's no talking and you're engrossed in it. Yeah. You're just watching something happen and no one spoke for, you know, 10 minutes and you're like, holy shit, there hasn't even been a line of dialogue yet. And I'm totally locked in. Like that's, that's just a, a, a testament to good storytelling. Yeah, definitely. Um, Man, this is probably the lo- this might be the longest show. I think I'm, each week it gets longer. Well, you got and longer. two people on here. Yeah, <laughs> we, we had to get our shit. We both had to get our shit here. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but I, I obviously I ended with one more question. So there's going to be you. Know, I'm going to ask uh, both of you to answer this question. Um, so it's wrestling oriented. So you have a you have somebody that's like you know, kind of on the fence of they're not really wrestling fans. They're just like eh. You know, I don't get it. It's, you know, don't you know it's fake? Those type of people. Um, so you're trying to convince this person to, you know, get into wrestling. What's the one match that you show this person that'll completely turn turn their, their, their kind of like disdain for wrestling to an absolute love for wrestling? I'll start with, I'll start with Sneed. What match is that? What, what is your go-to match? Like, hey, I'm going to show this person this and they're going to absolutely fall in love with the uh, crazy world of pro wrestling. Man, there's so many and, and it's, it's tough to pick it on a match. Like with, you know, by, by going match alone with, without all the story build up to it, even, even with just the match, I would, man, I would probably say Briscoe's FTR one at super. Ooh, Okay. Yeah, that's a match, man. If you don't watch that and don't have a good time, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> that was a phenomenal. That's a good pull, Sneed. I didn't even think of that. But yeah, that's edge of your seat action for sure. You're getting, I mean, if you go back and deep dive into the story before the match, like that's a big part of it. But just on match quality and match alone, if I'm showing somebody, yeah, I think that's the match I pull. All right. Yeah. Okay. Chad. Good one. Um, I mean, you could, there's, there's the obvious ones of 
Taker, HBK, Mania. Yeah. There, there's, you know, Bret Hart, Stone Cold at Mania. There, there's those, obviously. But uh, newer, I mean, that FTR Briscoe's is a really good one just for like my, what really gets me going from an action standpoint. But just yeah. for like, I'm wanting a complete non-fan to kind of like, blow their dick in the dirt with pageantry and crazy (laughs) spots and things like that. I think I'm going to go Lucha brothers, young bucks, all out cage match. Ooh, Okay. That's a good one. I mean, you've got the spectacle of the cage. The Lucha brothers had that phenomenal big entrance. You had them winning the titles. You had Pinta finding his daughter in the crowd afterwards, hugging her. You had the spot with the thumbtacks on the, on the, on the sneakers from Matt, Matt, um, Phoenix off the top of the cage, off the top of the cage. Just so many like wow spots, like, holy shit. And it was a little chaotic and it's a classic Bucks Lucha brothers match. But I think someone who's not so, uh, hell bent on, that's not how you're supposed to do it in wrestling. Wouldn't give a shit. They would just want the car crash aspect. Okay. All right. All right. Since you guys pick kind of newer, Matt, newer sets of matches, what's an old, or yeah, like an old school match, you would uh, you would show somebody it. to get them into wrestling. We'll start with Chad uh, this time. Um, I'm gonna go Stinger Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance War Games 1992 WCW. Wow, jeez. I mean, you got Arn Anderson, Stunning Steve, Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco going against Sting, Nikita Koloff, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Ricky Steamboat. You've got that is like I know a lot of people shit on early like 90, 91, 92 WCW. But yeah, if you dig in there a little bit, there's a lot of good stuff. Steiners versus Doom, uh, all the Dangerous Alliance stuff. Flying Brian Pillman. There's so much in that era, but I would go Dangerous Alliance versus Stinger Squadron. Yeah. War games. Okay. All right, Steed. Uh, If I was going to go older match, I would maybe, I'd maybe go Warrior Savage WrestleMania 7. Oh, okay. The the career match and and just, you know, the the match alone, it was, was good, but afterwards with, with Sherry coming in and uh, and attacking yep. and, and Elizabeth in the crowd and, and just the emotion that it I still get a, a tear in my, eye. <laughs> yeah. 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 See, I like to, yeah. You know what I like for, if it's an old school match, I pick, I like to have it, you know, kind of bring you on like a, like a roller coaster of emotions, not just like a straight up, you know, wrestling yeah. match. So like, you know, if you go with, uh, you, uh, I mean, you go with the you go with the you know Eddie Guerrero, you know Rey Mysterio, Halloween Havoc. But I like I like Bret Hart and Roddy 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 Piper. Oh, that's uh, a good one. WrestleMania eight. Yep, because that went you know yeah. they went technical, they brawled, they pretty much did everything. So they did you know they did the Bret Hart side of you yeah. know his technical wrestling, and then they did you know the Roddy 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 Piper side, which is you know the unpredictable unpredictable stuff. So. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I like that one. For newer, another deep cut, another deep good. cut, real quick. Sting Cactus Jack ninety two Beach Blast. Oh yeah, well, fucking awesome. This. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I actually recently just watched the uh, 
um, Cactus Jack and Vader uh, Halloween Havoc um, to spin the wheel, make the deal. Oh um, yeah, I just watched that. Uh, actually, uh, actually a couple weeks back, I watched that one. But um, for a newer match, just to, just for emotion and just to show uh, for me what wrestling is about, the passion of wrestling, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'd go with uh, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell, um, the, yeah, the yeah. torn the torn pack match, where yeah. you know that right there. If you're not a wrestling fan, even my wife, I, I, I actually my wife was sitting next to me watching it, and uh, you know she was just like, "What the hell is he doing?" I was like, it, "It's I mean, if you have a passion for wrestling or a passion for whatever, you're gonna do whatever it takes." to, you know, put on a performance, even if it kills you, even if it like, you know, hurts you the next day. And that's what he did. I mean, Dude, I think it's the, it's the wrestling equivalent of Michael Jordan's flu game. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, like, and I would argue it's more impressive than the flu game. Yeah. But the collective gasp of the, like, if you watch that again, uh, when he takes his uh, jacket off and you hear the collective gasp of the crowd, yeah, uh, the sight of that uh, of his arm and pack, it was yeah, it was it was pretty insane. And then the obviously the adulation he got after from everybody, like literally everyone in the wrestling world, not yeah. just like you know, yeah, it's moments like that that live forever. You talk about you know the the Michael Jordan flu game. I yeah. remember Brett Favre playing on Monday Night Football one time when he when his dad died. Yeah, that's right. The same was it the same day? S- same day. Yes. He just found out, and he threw like five or six touchdown passes. Had a monster game, and and Cody did the same thing. Not with you know loss, but yeah, but having a fucking torn peck, dude. Uh, that is something that makes you instant. Your legend grows in a match like yeah, that. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, there's no way you can boo the dude after that. Like it's like he 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 literally put on a show for you. He didn't have to. He'd have to walk out there and and no one would have hated him for match. It. No, exactly. No one, yeah, he, had, he had an out. Yeah, he had a twenty. He had like a twenty minute match too. It wasn't like a 10, 15 minute match. It was he went. They went a little bit over twenty minutes with right. the, with the torn pack, and he you know he let Seth stab him in the pack with the. Uh, with the with the what do you call it the I almost said a sword. Um, <laughs> what do you call it? Why am I kendo stick? He had the kendo stick and he was kind of like stabbing oh, yeah. him in the peck yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it was. The, yeah, it was just. It was just. Uh, that was. It was pretty amazing. But yeah, plus he was wearing the du- Seth wearing the dusty gear. Yeah, the polka dots. Of, like, that was I mean, that just that was great. icing on the cake right there. And obviously, if you were to show someone that wasn't in wrestling, you had to explain to them. Yeah. You know, his father wore, they made his father wear that when he entered the WWE way back in the day to kind of, you know, kind of rip him a little bit. But being the guy that he is, put it over. And it was yeah. over. Which yeah, is pretty yeah. insane. But um, yeah, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, this is definitely the, uh, this is definitely the longest running show. But I think it was we'll entertaining it. enough where, <laughs> yeah. you know, people are going to listen through. And I think it, it, you guys are pretty, I mean, you're in, you, I mean, you dropped a bombshell on me about you guys re- being related. I had no clue that that happened. So uh, that was uh, that was that was almost like a, a twist towards the end of the movie. I was like, "Wait, what? What? You guys are <laughs> you not just right. friends? What the hell? Not a lot of people know that. That's that story's out there now. Yeah, not a yep. lot of people know that. Oh man, see, uh, so my my legend is, is is coming true. I actually got a message from uh, uh Matt from the uh, from the Extra Cooler show. 
and he uh, you know he messaged me privately. He said, "Hey man, great show with uh, Nick." He was like, "You got a lot out of him." I'm like, "What does that mean? Does it does, <laughs> does he not talk to you? Does he not say say things to you?" But he did. You know, he 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 spoke a lot. He talked. He he, he spoke about like you know him pretty much creating the the ecto cooler drink. Yeah, it was a great it. episode. With yeah, Nick. I, I I did not know that. I think he kind of mentioned it like in the in his earlier like Instagram posts. Um, but yeah, he I didn't I had no clue, and that was pretty that was pretty amazing in itself. But yeah, I mean, like I said, you guys are great. I I, I mean, I definitely want to have you on again because I think we just I I, I want to have you on to talk about like more movies, more music, all sure. that stuff. Yeah, man, so, absolutely, um, man. It was a blast. Yeah, yeah, this was fun. Yeah, man, you guys are you like I said, you guys are you guys are a, a true inspiration for me. I would say I'm not going to speak for everyone else, but as far as uh you know what you do week in and week out. And, uh, you know, you know, Seth says it, she just says he has the, the true workhorses of, of the pod foundation. It's, like, it's almost like, it's like the Turbuckle Tavern is like synonymous with the pod foundation. Cause you guys are the ones putting out all pretty much all the content. Um, and we're, you know, we're, we're kind of like following up and, uh, you know, you know, taking, taking a little bit of the reins, not all of them, uh, um, trying to, try to catch up to you guys. But, um, like I said, you guys definitely, um, you got, you guys definitely carried the torch as far as uh as far as a pod foundation goes and i i think i can speak for you know the rest of us in saying that i mean i, mean, I, I appreciate think, that but we're just a we're just a one of the four cogs in the wheel man that's the beauty of the yeah. pod foundation is everybody bringing their own flavor to it it wouldn't be the same without anyone yeah and i think uh i mean for me i think you guys kind of elevate everyone else to do better just cause just the amount of like, like I said, the amount of content you, you guys push out, you know, every week. So, I mean, and like I said, just me being a part of it and me being um, inside it, you know, and, and knowing how everything works and how, you know, how things are moving. It's definitely, you know, you definitely have my, uh, definitely have my respect in all aspects of, uh, in all aspects of what you do. And I'm thankful well, for you guys being on the show, man. Yes, yeah, thanks. Means a lot. Thanks and, for that, man. And you'll hear me say it every week on the flagship show, but you're you're not going to find a better group uh, of of podcasts under one umbrella than you'll find under the Pod Foundation. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I don't like to. You know, I'm a, I'm a very you know humble person. I don't like to brag about stuff, and you know, I don't think I'm like anything special. But yeah, it's it's it, it, you'd be hard pressed to find a you know a a group of podcasts or a group of shows that like, you know, are all entertaining in their own aspect and they're all different. No, no one's copying each other. Everyone has their own flavor. You're not going to listen to, you know, you know, you guys and then listen to us and be like, Oh, it's the same exact show. Right. It's going to be a completely different vibe. Um, yep. You know, the only difference is we don't have Hawk on our show. So <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that's, <laughs> and the best, and the best part is everybody's cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. with like a big group of people like this, you would you would uh, have there would be clashing, and but for the most part, everyone's like we get along. Families fight here and there, but yeah. for the most part, everybody's cool. Hey, yeah. I mean, it's it, it happens. Like I said, you 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 guys said it earlier in the show. You 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 you, you kind of gang up on people, and if if that's that's your way of and that's how that's how guys are. We all pick on each yeah. other. We that's how we yeah. that's how we show our affection. It's not we hate your guts. Cause if we don't say anything to you, 
that's when you know we don't like you. If we're not answering, exactly. yeah, if we're not answering you, or you know, we're not you know giving giving shit back to you, then you know you you pretty much have a problem. But um, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it, uh, it, it's like I said, yeah, it's definitely there's definitely the camaraderie there with everybody, and you know, there's no there's no hotheads, no one's you know, no one's left the group yet. Uh, our Pod Foundation group, no one's like exited out yet, so that's always a good sign. Um, yeah, man, and we've actually added people, so yeah. I mean, so what's I mean? It's just growing, um, and just hopefully we can all uh, we'll definitely all grow together, and you know, hopefully make something out of this thing. But absolutely, again, thank you guys for for being on the show, and uh, we'll end it there. I think. And thank you for having us. Appreciate. Yeah, it. thanks for having us, man. Thank you again, and um, everyone. Um, I hope you listened. This is like I said. This is a uh, this is a long one, but very entertaining. Uh, it was a great conversation with these guys. Uh, hope hopefully to have them on again, and um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Later. <laughs>